My name is Dwayne Gordon. I recently gave training on active shooter incident survival to my co-workers at a performing arts theater. I'm posting it on the web because it's a bit different than other training products on this subject, and so I think it will be helpful. The focus is on pre-incident situational awareness. This can warn you of a person's intent to commit violence. I also talk about how competitive decision-making contributes to incident survival. I'll begin with a trigger warning. Some of my talk is about violence and murder. This might be distressing. None of the content is extremely provocative, and being warned about it ahead of time will help you to prepare yourself. First, I'll share information from an FBI study of 333 active shooter incidents between 2000 and 2019. There was an average of 23 incidents annually between 2010 and 2019. That's a little more than twice as many as during the previous 10 years. In 2020, the annual number increased to 40, and then to 61 in 2021. The likelihood of being in an active shooter incident is very low. You're more likely to be struck by lightning. Well, people do get struck by lightning, sometimes twice. Regina Rode was a high school student at Columbine High School in 1999. When the shooting incident started, she was eating lunch in the cafeteria. This is where it was supposed to begin, with the explosion of two propane bombs hidden in duffel bags. The bombs didn't go off, and Regina escaped without harm. In 2007, she was a student at Virginia Tech University when she received a text message instructing students to stay away from the campus while it was experiencing what is still the deadliest active shooter incident to occur in a school. The consequence of being in an active shooter incident is very high. You could lose your life. Risk equals likelihood times consequence. And so, as individuals, we face a medium risk from an active shooter threat. This training is intended to help you manage that risk and survive an active shooter incident. The average active shooter is a white male in his 20s. He shoots at people with a handgun in a business open to the public, a retail store, a grocery store, a bar, or a restaurant, for five minutes or less and stops before police arrive. On average, two people are killed and two or three are injured. Often, the incident ends with the shooter committing suicide or being killed by police. The active shooter location is likely in California, where 42 of the 333 incidents occurred, incidentally twice as many as the next highest states, Florida and Texas. The incident is slightly more likely to occur on a Saturday between 12 and 6 p.m. in June or April. After businesses open to the public with 96 incidents, open spaces were the next highest incident location with 50 incidents. The worst active shooter incident in the U.S. occurred in an open space in 2017. This was at the Harvest Music Festival in downtown Las Vegas. This outdoor festival was attended by 22,000 people. Across the street, on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, a 64-year-old man busted out his hotel room window with a hammer, then began shooting a rifle into the festival crowd. He killed 60 and wounded several hundred in 10 minutes before he committed suicide. 
he had 23 rifles with him. About one-third of active shooter incidents involve rifles. Most active shooters use handguns. The FBI report identified two active shooter incidents in movie theaters in the last 20 years. The worst of these incidents occurred in 2012 at a late-night showing of a Batman movie in Aurora, Colorado. The 24-year-old shooter sat in the front row. 20 minutes into the movie, he exited through a side door and propped the door open. He re-entered the theater 10 minutes later wearing a gas mask and a helmet, carrying an assault rifle and a shotgun. He stood in front of the audience and set off a smoke canister. Then he fired his shotgun, a 12-gauge pump, once into the ceiling and then six times into the audience. Then he started shooting his rifle, first toward the back and then the aisles. He had a 100-round magazine in the rifle that jammed after 65 rounds. He then shot five rounds from a 40 caliber handgun. All of this took two to three minutes. Then he went out the side door and hung out by his car until he was arrested. He'd killed 12 and wounded 58. I found no incidents of active shooters at performing arts theaters. In February 2019, there was an active shooter scare at the Orpheum Theater in San Francisco. During a Friday night performance of Hamilton, a wall-mounted AED, a defibrillator, was pulled to treat someone with a medical emergency. This set off an alarm which coincided with the sounds of gunfire from the performance. Patrons panicked and began to self-evacuate. Three adults were injured, one of them with a broken leg. People don't just snap and become active shooters. The common view is that active shooters experienced a worsening personality disorder or psychological state over time, months or more, leaving them socially isolated and unable to control emotional impulses. They become angry, depressed, or vengeful, or experience magical thinking, and start obsessing over violence. The potential active shooter may write or talk about the satisfaction of violence or revenge. Eighty percent of active shooters will tell someone of their plan for violence. They will collect information about target locations. They will prepare equipment, including weapons and ammo. The best way to prevent an active shooter incident is to notice someone experiencing social isolation and destructive emotional impulses and increasing interest in violence and getting help for that person. The single most important action you can take to protect yourself from a violent threat is to practice situational awareness. Situational awareness means being conscious of your physical environment and the people around you. This awareness can warn you about someone's intention to commit violence and can give you information necessary to escape or survive the violence. Being aware of your physical environment begins with, most importantly, knowing where your exit paths are. You should know at least two escape options for any building you enter. Practice noticing exit signs and the locations of fire alarms and fire extinguishers Knowing this information before an emergency can save your life. Also, notice unusual features in the environment, such as broken windows or damaged doors, unattended packages or backpacks, or cars parked in unusual locations. Trust your instinct. If you notice something that makes you feel uncomfortable, tell somebody about it, somebody with responsibility for the area. If you feel unsafe, leave. 
Be aware of what people around you are doing. This involves observing their moods and actions. Generally, the moods and actions of people in a group are more or less the same. This is the baseline. Look for an individual that stands out from the baseline, someone feeling or acting differently than the group. This is called profiling. A person standing out from the baseline is noticeable by a combination of three things, posture, position, and equipment. The posture of violent intent is stress, basically anger, fear, or detachment. A person about to commit violence may appear dominant or submissive. He may exhibit smuggling behavior, checking to see if his hidden weapon is still hidden. He may exhibit pacifying behavior, wringing his hands or clenching his fists. He will have situational awareness. Most people do not have situational awareness. He may be checking his six. Cops and robbers are always looking for each other in a crowd. Closer up, his face or neck may be red or pale, showing anger or fear. Pupils may be dilated or constricted, showing anger, fear, or detachment. There may be significant blinking, an attempt to hide emotion, or an absence of blinking, showing mission focus. The person may look nervous or sick. The unusual position could be moving in a direction that is different from everybody else, or moving faster or slower than others. He could be loitering or seeming like he is trying to hide. The equipment is worn or carried. He will be carrying a weapon, openly or concealed in clothing or a pack. He may be disguised with sunglasses and a hat, or wearing military-style clothing. There may be violent symbols, skulls, swastikas, or numbers or letters in the form of tattoos or displayed on clothing. To summarize, look for a person who appears to be under stress, nervous, angry, or afraid. Notice a person in an unusual location or dressed and equipped for violence. Look at their posture, position, and equipment. If you see something in the physical environment or in human behavior that makes you feel uncomfortable, take a longer look. If it feels safe, you could ask a person behaving strangely if they need help. If you believe that the situation is potentially dangerous, report it to someone with responsibility for the business or area. This could be an employee or a security guard, or it could mean calling the police. If the danger seems likely and imminent, alert others by shouting or pulling a fire alarm and escape. Everything I've explained to you about observing the moods and actions of people comes naturally to you. If you're paying attention, you will notice people standing out from the baseline. Under ordinary circumstances, such as shopping or dining out, we sometimes don't pay much attention because it's hard to believe that there are bad people who want to hurt us. Situational awareness naturally follows from believing that there are bad people who would want to hurt you. You were all experts at observing people in this theater. You can see how the different types of shows, comedy, drama, or live music, affect the general mood of the patrons. Ticket takers, door captains, and ushers observe the posture, position, and equipment of every person that enters this theater. Pay attention and trust your instincts. If you see something unusual, take that longer look. Report any safety concerns to your manager immediately. Back and front managers communicate with each other about safety concerns. 
An active shooter incident is an intense competition between the shooter and his potential victims. The shooter has extraordinary advantages. He has the element of surprise. He knows where, when, and how he will attack, and he's armed. To be successful against the shooter, you must repeatedly and quickly make good decisions about actions to take until you are out of danger. It's helpful to understand how decisions are made in competition. To explain this, I'll refer to a military model of combat decision-making called the OODA loop. OODA is an acronym that stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. The model shows that we observe by using our five senses to gather information about what is happening. Next, we develop response options, possible actions we can take. This is called orientation. Then we decide on an action and take it. Observe, orient, decide, and act. That's the OODA loop. The sudden loud noises and shocking visual information of an active shooter incident may cause you to experience a sensory overload. During the Aurora theater shooting, the theater was cloudy with smoke that caused the eyes to sting. Fire alarms were going off. The gunfire noise was deafening. People were screaming. And the Batman movie continued to run. A sensory overload is like a sudden scare. It may cause you to freeze and feel disconnected from what is going on around you. If that happens, consciously use your senses. Look, touch, smell, and listen. That will reduce the panic response. You are much less likely to panic if you are practicing situational awareness. This is because you were looking for surprises. By observing, can you tell where the threat is coming from? Does it sound like just one shooter? Can you tell if the weapon used is a rifle, its high-speed bullet making a cracking sound, or a shotgun boom, or a handgun bang? Did you hear breaking glass? Is there smoke or alarms going off? Is there screaming? The shooter at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012 was delayed by a locked glass perimeter door. He shot through the glass with his AR-15. At the same time, an announcement was being made over the school PA from the nearby admin office. Through loudspeakers, every classroom heard gunfire, breaking glass, put your hands in the air, and don't shoot. Once you realize that an active shooter incident is happening, you will orient yourself by determining possible response options. Orientation has three components. First, your beliefs and values will identify the desired outcome. You believe in life and death, and you value life and so survival is the desired outcome. But your survival may not be the highest priority. If you have children with you, their survival may be most important. During the shooting at Virginia Tech University in 2007, a professor held the door of his classroom shut while most of his students escaped through a second-story window. The shooter fired through the closed door. The professor, a Holocaust survivor from Romania, was killed. He valued his students' lives above his own. Next, your experience will be checked to see what you've done before that could be helpful in the current situation. You've played hide-and-seek. You've practiced escapes during fire drills. You may have had to escape from a real fire, or a robbery, or a physical assault. You may have experience with guns. You may have been shot at or have been in physical fights. All of this will be used to develop possible response options.
Then you will apply any knowledge you have about the situation. You know some things about active shooter incidents from the news and training. You've seen movies with escapes and gunfights. Realistic or not, you have this knowledge. You should have current knowledge about escape routes, fire alarms, and possible hiding places from situational awareness. Finally, you will decide on your best response option and act. So you see how this works. You observe with your senses. This tells you what is going on. You orient yourself, meaning you answer the question, what can I do about this? Using your beliefs and values, experience and knowledge. Then you decide on your best response option and act. Your best option will always be to escape if that is possible. If you are running under fire, try to make yourself as difficult a moving target as possible. This could be running behind concealing objects or running in a serpentine pattern. If escape is not possible, your next best option might be barricading yourself in a room or hiding from the shooter behind a closed door or desk. If you are hiding, make sure your phone ringer is turned off. At Sandy Hook and at Virginia Tech, barricaded doors kept the shooters from entering some rooms. Other rooms, the shooter forced his way in. Some individuals survived shootings at Columbine, Sandy Hook, and Virginia Tech by playing dead, lying among others who were killed. If you can't escape, you must keep cycling the OODA loop, gathering current information as the situation changes, and keep deciding on your best survival opportunity. You must continually evaluate, decide, and act until you are safe. If escaping, barricading, or hiding from the shooter is not possible, your other option is to confront the shooter. How will you do that? During orientation, your beliefs and values might make it very difficult for you to hurt someone else, even if that person wants to kill you. This is something that armies must overcome with soldiers who don't want to kill. They would rather shoot over the enemy's head than kill another person and have to live with that. The biggest difference between you and the shooter is in the area of beliefs and values. The active shooter believes in life and death and values death, yours before his. The Aurora Theater shooter asked a mental health professional before the shooting, why do people have to be alive anyway? The shooter has no actual experience being an active shooter, but he has fantasized about it and may have simulated experience from video games. He has not practiced at moving and shooting at the same time, and so he often misses his target. Generally, those he kills have been shot at least three times. Active shooters are likely to have gun jams, which they have difficulty clearing. The active shooter is likely to have information about building exits, but may not have much information about other facility features, such as interior pathways or potential hiding places. If you must confront a shooter, you must use speed, surprise, and violence. The goal of police action in an active shooter incident is to distract, isolate, and neutralize the subject. Interfere with the shooter's OODA loop by distracting him. This can be done with lighting, a suddenly dark room, or a loud noise, or a locked door that wasn't expected, or by thrown objects, shouting, or getting clobbered from behind. A surprise clobbering will cause the shooter to delay two to three seconds while his OODA loop is processing input about being clobbered. Any surprise will delay him because he will need to reorient himself and decide his next action. He does not think and shoot at the same time. 
in any time he's not shooting, helps you to fight or flight. In 2015, a shooter was on a high-speed train traveling from Amsterdam to France. He came out of the bathroom carrying an assault rifle. Two Frenchmen tried to subdue him. One was knocked down, and the other was shot in the neck. An American soldier on leave got up from his seat and yelled, this shit, and marched to the shooter. That startled the shooter because he pulled the bolt back on his rifle to load around. It was already loaded, and so this caused his rifle to jam. The soldier took the rifle from the shooter and beat him over the head with it. The shooter at the Aurora movie theater listened to loud music with earbuds so that he would not be distracted by the shouting and screaming of his victims. Most of the killing at Columbine High School in 1999 took place in the library where the two shooters fired at students hiding under tables. One of the shooters fired his shotgun with one hand at Cassie Bernal. The shotgun recoiled and the barrel struck the shooter in the nose, breaking his nose. He became disoriented and disinterested. He stopped shooting people. Cassie was the last person he killed. If possible, ambush the shooter. Come up from behind or from the side of the shooter and clobber him hard over the head with a chair or a fire extinguisher. From the side, it's best to approach the shooter from his right side because it will make you a more difficult target to hit. Don't slow down. Continue with speed, surprise, and violence until the shooter is not a threat. Attack the shooter's gun or his eyes. If you are pushing a pen or fingers into his eye, he may instinctively let go of the gun to save his eye. If there is a struggle for the gun, try to put your hand over the right side ejection port of the gun. If the gun is fired, the ejecting shell will get stuck in the gun, causing it to jam. One bullet was fired, but now the gun is jammed. The hand over the ejection port will have a painful burn that will heal. You have a better opportunity to attack the shooter if his gun jams or if he has to reload. Also, as the shooter passes through a doorway, he may have one hand on the door, which would make firing a rifle more difficult. The door frame will limit his range of movement, and he will be processing information about what is in the room. If possible, plan an attack with two other people. One goes for the shooter's legs to bring him to the ground, another tries to remove or disable the shooter's gun, and the third person attacks the shooter's eyes. Surviving an active shooter incident may depend on your ability to make quicker, better decisions than the shooter. The shooter imagined his attack beforehand. He visited the target location and practiced with guns. That's about it. During the incident, anything encountered by the shooter that was not imagined, planned, or practiced will either distract the shooter's thinking or be ignored. The shooter at Sandy Hook Elementary School attacked two adjacent classrooms on the first floor. He ignored room 12, the first classroom on that floor, where 14 students and a teacher were hiding. Weeks earlier, the teacher, Mrs. Roque, failed to remove a piece of black construction paper covering the classroom door's window after a lockdown drill. The shooter may have assumed the classroom was empty. Imagine what you would do if he attacked right now, what knowledge would you need to help you escape, hide, barricade, or fight? Get that information about exit locations, door locks, fire extinguishers, and hiding places. If you can, practice. Walk the exit path, lock the door, and hide in the place. This knowledge and experience will help you to make quicker and better decisions in an active shooter situation. 
Think about these things when you visit businesses open to the public. In summary, active shooters are a medium risk threat based on low probability and high consequence. Believe that there are bad people who may want to hurt you and value the knowledge and experience that can protect you. Know where your exit paths are. Pay attention to your physical environment and the moods and actions of people around you. If these things indicate potential danger, tell someone with responsibility for the area. If the danger seems likely and imminent, alert others and escape. During an active shooter incident, continually gather information and choose and take your best response option until the danger has ended. If your only option is to confront the shooter, you must use speed, surprise, and violence, and continue so until the danger has ended. Thank you for listening. Let's all look out for each other.